the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Good day. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Show is kind of, you know, about money and finance and insurance and investing and things that you need to do better, things that you've done okay, but times have changed a little bit. So on occasion, I cross over to inappropriate areas, I hope. I like to try to keep things as simple as possible for you. Like if I were to try to talk to you about stocks. There's some ideas of really simple when you when you buy shares of a company, you become a shareholder and they give you a certificate that says you're a piece of the ownership circle. It's kind of that simple. Now, it does get complicated when you start going like, why doesn't the stock always go up? Why doesn't the stock uh, always make me money? Why can't my stock be like Facebook or like Apple? The world's most expensive stock that I can find right now is probably Berkshire Hathaway at $200,000 plus a share. It doesn't matter how expensive your share is. A lot of people make really big mistakes, and I would refer to them as not rookies, but um, simpleton mistakes, where if you'll come up to me at a seminar and go, tell me, I'd like a $3 stock. Do you have any 3 4 or $5 stocks? So I'm like, why? And they'll say something insane, like, well, it has a bigger chance of being a home run for me. And there's no difference between a $300,000 stock and a $3 stock. Clearly, if one costs 300000 you want it to go to 600000 over the next 7.2 years. But if one costs $3, you want it to go to six, year, six bucks over the next 7.2 years. Now, I can see how your imagination can ruin that. And going smaller is easier. You know, if you're a, a 10-pound weakling, it's pretty easy to become a 15-pound weakling. But to go from... 10,000 pounds to 15, like that, that might be more difficult. I could see how people would think that, but it's the number of shares outstanding. When talking about stocks, there's a simple concept like rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one. When you start losing money, it upsets you. And you, you say, now is not the time for me to be investing. You know, I, the game is getting rigged against me. It's not. You just feel that way. The pros and cons of owning a stock, it's positive. Like when the company's profitable, I like to write down four or five reasons why I like a stock. Is the company earning money is one of them. Is the company sharing that money with me with dividends where it pays me every 90 days, just like it pays their CEO every two weeks? Is the stock price generally moving up or down? That's a positive, right? So uh, can they continue to grow their wealth? Once there was a time when Coca-Cola was just Coca-Cola, and then they started doing Diet Coke and Dr. Pepper. Well, they didn't do Dr. Pepper, but... They started doing all these other alternative beverages. So negatives on a company are sometimes the reasons to sell a stock or almost the exact reasons why you bought the stock, but opposite, right? If the company is struggling to keep their share price moving up, that's a bad sign. If the company is not successful to earn money, 
stock can fluctuate, right? So sometimes you could lose money pretty quickly in a stock, and it does feel like a psychological, oh, I can't believe that just happened to me. And it did. So um, that's why you have to try to limit it in the first couple of years. So people like myself will say things that are like, oh, once you have $100,000, you should go buy one individual stock. The amount of people that will actually do that, <clears throat> I understand, are like maybe 10%. People will come up with reasons not to, right? But people will lose their head. They'll, they'll get caught up in the, the whole game of how can I become wealthy? Like the, I see the people on TV or I see you know stock traders buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. And you see the, the exaggeration of it all. So just be careful. That's the negative on stocks is when you lose money. It, it changes your psychology on 401ks and everything else. One of the toughest parts about money is putting together all the pieces. And I just talked a little bit about the pieces of stocks and what that means to me and maybe ultimately kind of what it means to you. One area that you have to kind of master, and this is probably my least favorite, is the budget. That's that monthly plan, whether it's January or February or March. The gray months, as I like to call them. But mastering it, you know, you, you have to start looking at your budget first and foremost. Step one, what's your salary? Step two, what's your spending? Step three, start writing some of the stuff down. Step four, break the spending into categories. For most people, a budget can be something pretty simple. 50% of your money should go into things that you absolutely essentially need. 20% should go into either your debt or your savings for the future. 30% could go into flexible issues. But keep in mind, I just gave you a pie of 50% essentials, 30% flexible issues, 20% financial tools where you pay off your debt or you invest. And that's not really the truth about your profits, right? Because your earnings get taxed. And you got to make sure you pay the taxes. So this is all after-tax dollars. 50% go into the essential stuff like cars, transportation, food, shelter. 30% goes into flexible issues like eating out, charity donations, shopping. You don't have to do it. Well, I guess you don't have to do any of those, right? So that's a budget. And then inside your budget, you can start looking at things where you go back in time and go, okay, I didn't get enough money put in my financial properties you know, my debts, my investments. But I did have a Starbucks latte at $3 a day. That's $1,095 a year. Or tap water, 2 or $3 a day, or $1,000 a year. So now the tap water does cost money, but not nearly as much money as a plastic bottled water. And I've seen people get really creative with their, you know, their budget by getting water at work, you know, things like that. And I'm not saying water your yard while your neighbor's away. <clears throat> not a bad idea, but that doesn't make for a good neighbor, does it? So, but, uh, yeah, so let's th- talk about budgeting. So that segment, I talked stocks and talked budgeting. I could talk paying for college. I could talk student loans, uh, liquidity. You got to understand all, just a couple concepts on finance and you'll, they'll take you far. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. People around the United States are freaking out because local ordinances are going in. Blocking plastic straws. Now, on one hand, you go, this is a great idea. You're like... 
I'm going to order a Mai Tai, and I'm not going to have a plastic straw today. I'm going to have a paper straw. I'm a good person. And you're going to feel better about it, and then you're going to go home, and you're going to leave, like, a plastic lawn chair in the ocean one day kind of thing. And it's like, Turtle's going to have a lawn chair growing out of its head, and then someone's going to do a video of it, and plastic lawn chairs will get banned next. So it's pretty popular. Now, popular ordinances can change things. Uh, for instance, there's companies like Vacasa. Um, that are in a lot of trouble right now in Airbnb. Airbnb wants to come public, but this, they can't get away from themselves right now in headlines. They've gone into Miami Beach, and, um, you know, what do you think an Airbnb in Miami Beach is going to be? Like, it's going to be a party house, right? Now, do you think your neighbors want you to Airbnb? Hell no. So then it becomes, is it zoned for, you know, business, like hotels, or is it zoned for people living? But Miami, it's only going to be partying, right, on the Airbnb. So they're, they're getting into lots of trouble, and those local laws change. And tenant laws change the value of your home enormously. Let's talk a little bit about um, that basic idea. And oh, Tony and I were just talking about the reason I, I come up with uh, plastic straws is everyone's upset against pe- uh, plastic straws. So we should start a website, people against plastic straws. Paps, right? You to be kidding me. <laughs> no, I, I don't like plastic straws. They, they, they get in little turtles' heads. You know, I'm really upset because now i got to stir my Mai Tai with paper or with wood or something else. Um, you were talking about, you knew the mother with two kids died I, and she started mad. Mother's against her. Uh, I went to elementary school, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Do you remember that was a big cause? Yeah. Seatbelts. People are like, I'm not going to wear seatbelts. And then we actually <laughs> had to have a campaign against yeah. drunk driving where kids get killed and we shouldn't have to have it. It should be common sense, but it is what it is, right? You know, I got suspended in high school. This was my first, it wasn't my first suspension, but it was a good suspension. For the newspaper, I wrote a story that I kind of pushed through without letting the teacher know. So I was on this, this Valerdictus school newspaper, and it was um, sad. It was students against Duran Duran. <laughs> and it was too soon. But now it's funny, because we've kind of grown up in this culture of mothers against drunk driving is, it's an institution. And to make fun of it at that moment, it wasn't cool. So students get, got me suspended. And you got suspended, okay. Yeah, for a day. So, How many out there isn't, they're not shocked about that? <laughs> I didn't Rob have that saying something crazy. Until you brought up the word mad, yeah. uh, I, I, I had forgotten that memory. So students get strand ran. I had Very some controversy. Funny. I wrote an article about uh, prom dates, and it was called What About a Prom Date? And um, it was about all the junior and senior girls who didn't have dates because they'd been dating college guys all year round. And the seniors in high school had to go out with the freshmen. So the, you know, the younger women who <laughs> didn't get the college guys because the dads would freak out on the college guys. But when you're 11th grade girl, you're allowed to date college guys. So I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't like where this is going. So I got into trouble with that one, where I was, I was basically saying, sorry, senior ladies, you didn't date me all year long, so you're not going to get to go to prom because you're We're all waiting friend. for your book of memoirs. Yeah, no doubt, right? Awesome. I want to take a month off and write them, but I, sure. I can't find that month. So anyway, um, local laws, ordinances, that's where I was getting at with you. Plastic straws uh, can change the world, right? Sure can. Um, it's definitely something that you want to pay attention to when you're buying real estate. Yeah. Now you were talking about, uh, should should I invest in a uh, the possibility of the expansion of BART? Um, probably not because there's going to be people like the, those neighbors in Miami that don't want Airbnb next door um, and they don't want more people parking in their city, um, so to speak, uh, coming all the way from Modesto or Manteca or something like that. So um, you pay attention to that in real estate. Um, if you, and if you do your right job, the, the right job, you work with a good realtor, you can get around you know some of those mistakes. But that's where it gets kind of tricky because, you know, a lot of people in real estate say, buy where you live. You know, Charlie Crackler, he swears by that. Um, now, Charlie Crackler's done pretty well for himself, buy where you live. But, you know, if you want to own 10 houses in Texas, you can own 10 houses or you can own one in the Bay Area. And a lot of people get attracted to that 10 and then they go out and buy homes there and they think they're going to, you know, rent them out. They think they're going to be landlords. They think they're going to make, you know, all the money in the world. And they don't realize there's a tenant law. 
law sure. or there, there's an ordinance because you don't know about Dallas, Texas. So you know Texas is an open carry state. Is that just a bizarre concept? It's just like the idea of, you know, they still smoke cigarettes in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And like, you're like, whoa, I saw someone smoking a cigarette recently. and just, it freaked me out. I was like, I haven't seen that any, I think a couple of years. I don't whoa. get out much. So, <laughs> but yeah, the, the local ordinances and um, that's, the, that's one of the problems that I have with people just buying randomly into real estate. Um, you know, I recently bought a second home that I, I played with the ideas. Do, do I, do I want to turn it into a rental? Or do I not want to turn it into a rental? Do I want to do a vacation? Do I want to do a luxury home property? Do I, like, and then you're like, you're quickly, it can change. Like, um, inclines trying to ban Airbnbs because the hotel industry throws a lot of money to local politicians. So it makes, you can get yourself into trouble with your assumptions. But then again, I did date someone who had a house in Vienna, Virginia, where they were making BART, uh, the metro system in, in Washington, D.C., go to Vienna and property values went up. Uh, there's also neighborhoods that were eminent domain that are completely wiped out. Nope. So that's nothing you can really control either. You and I were talking about that Dumbarton Bridge project that Facebook's trying to revitalize. I was like, that's going to help uh, Fremont. Fremont. Yeah. It's going to help Hayward. It's no, going to help you no know, Pitas and uh, relieve a little bit of traffic. More traffic you relieve, more people are going to be like. I think that, that's an interesting story. And, and I've heard people say this, just fill in the bay or we or simply just say we need a new bridge. But um, mass transit is something that uh, we really need to pay attention to in the Bay Area. I don't know if you've been on BART lately, but it is packed. Yeah, it is really, really packed. And um, what do they do? Add another train? And what if they go? Yeah. Yeah. What if they go out a little farther and more people are getting on the train? And, um, nobody wants to drive. Nobody wants to, And the tolls, I think we just voted the tolls are going to go up. Um, so there's some, uh, there's, there's, it's going to go a bit more expensive, a little bit harder to get around in the Bay Area. And I think we didn't, you talked about a, an exodus out of the Bay Area and 44% of San Franciscans want to get out of here. It's, it's, um, I don't it's get, a different I, kind of living when you, uh, when you get out of here, you, you, you get to even a place like Sacramento and you're like, man, there's a little bit more room here, a little bit more, less traffic. And then you go for further east and there's even less traffic. And Until you get into less traffic, you don't realize you've missed less traffic. Yeah. So, and uh, that's kind Grass of- can actually be greener on the other side. I hear you. So it's going to be an interesting time to say the least for real estate and see what's happening as far as exoduses go, as far as cities go and how they, you know, fight the Airbnbs of the world. Airbnbs, uh, IPO is going to be a big one because millennials do like the idea of staying in someone's home versus a hotel. Hotels are fighting back. Push shove. You get the idea. Coming up, we're going to talk a little more real estate. Homes in America are selling a record pace who does that favor buyers or sellers depends want the podcast with music find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to rob black's twitter his handle is at rob black show listen to rob black and your money weekday mornings 7 to 9 on am 1220 kdow don't mess with the united states government Facebook has been accused of violating the consent decree, a misstep that would likely carry a multi-billion dollar fine several times over the last year. There's a big New York Times report, which is alleging Facebook maintained improper partnerships far more recently within a huge number of companies and knowingly. As Facebook continues to suffer security breaches, increasingly detailed user profiles stored across widespread networks and shared amongst companies leaves you vulnerable. So we'll see where this one goes, but been a bad year for Facebook. Some analysts say it'll be a good year for Facebook next year because it's lost a lot of valuation, yet it hasn't lost a lot of eyeballs. Facebook allowed tech companies to view private messages and contact information as recently as this year. Facebook allowed the third parties access to other data like lists of friends and email addresses. Companies like Microsoft, Yahoo, Spotify, and Apple had special agreements with Facebook that let them access this data. That's just not good. Can it still be a good company? We'll see. Usually someone has to go down. Elsewhere, Nike is always in the 
news. It's an athletic wear giant. They've fallen 16% in the fourth quarter so far. The slide is the stock now has, it's trading about a 20% discount to the street's consensus price target of about $87. I own shares of Nike for the record. Um, but during a late September conference call about a month into the quarter, management said it, it had some uh, issues with currency, neutral revenue growth of about 9% with gross margins widening for fourth quarter levels. So some analysts see a stock going as high as $100. Uh, one analyst today said buy Nike in the earnings. Nike sales are gaining momentum and the company is gaining market share across channels and geographies. Shares of Nike are in sharp contrast to Under Armour. Shares of Nike whose uh, shares have actually done pretty well in 2018, about 14%. Um, but Under Armour is a mess, but the stock looks more attractive than Under Armour. So kind of interesting the way the market gives you these fresh little takes every day, huh? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We'll talk about some predictions, obviously, because that's what you do this time of the year. GE was a horrible company this year, and a lot of people are saying the same thing they said last year. Maybe next year will be the time when the company ultimately gets things right. Doesn't sound very promising, does it? No, not in my world, at least. So anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Today is probably the most important day of the year. I know you're saying, right? For what it's worth, I think it really is the most important day of the year for stocks. Ultimately, you have a Fed Open Market Committee policy decision coming out at 11. 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. So you still have the markets open for a couple more hours after that. And you get the conference call as well. And most of the people who are on the Federal Reserve, they're not academics per se. They're actually people who have worked for companies like PIMCO. It's the most market-heavy group of bankers ever in the Federal Reserve's history. So they all have experience. They're all probably eyeballing the stock market going, what's the stock market telling us about inflation? There's not a lot of inflation. What's it telling us about growth? Growth would create jobs, and that could create inflation, wage inflation. So but what the market's telling us is that something's something's going to slow down. So does the Fed stick to their guns today? Or do they say, we believe in the market, in the bond market, that people are slowing things down for us? Interesting, right? So today at 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific, the market's going to make a move, probably for the rest of the year, in that direction. I know you're saying, really? Well, there could be some trade China issues that you know would move us in a different direction. But ultimately, this is a big one. It's the last time the Fed's meeting this year, and they'll probably talk a lot about next year. And if they're talking a lot of you know, uh, dots when they have to raise interest rates, that's going to be a problem. So FedEx had earnings warnings all wrapped up like a nice Christmas present for us, as did Micron. So the earnings that we're seeing right now are predicting bad things for next year, slowing down. So we come back to the Fed again. Are they going to hear the markets? Are they going to hear the FedExes and the Microns? Two very big companies. One, obviously, a semiconductor company that goes into all types of computers with their memory that they make. And the other, obviously, FedEx delivered a lot of packages worldwide. And and when business is good, we tend to send more packages. So there's some people who will actually look at uh, corrugated paper and they'll see, is it so, are we selling more or less of it year over year? And that's how they'll make their investment decisions. Because typically, if you uh, everything comes in a box, right? And that's not, it's a little bit too simple for me. That would be the end of the show. I'd say, hey, everyone, it's Rob Black and your money. Um, all you got to do is pay attention to paperboard. And you're like, really? Well, I'm not listening to you again. It's, it's back to that Sarah the Midget guy. I know you're saying, you're picking on midgets. <laughs> no. I'm telling you, this guy is tiny. He's tiny. 
he's so tiny, he fits. He sleeps in a matchbook box. Um, I know you're saying, are you being a bully? I'm not. He's that tiny. It's freakish. It's a big question right now. Will be the, um, what does the market do today? Will it go negative because of a softer rate outlook? Or will it go positive because of a softer rate outlook? Will we go negative because higher interest rates? Or will we go higher? Higher interest rates in theory means there's more growth coming. Lower interest rates typically means we're slowing down the growth. So it's kind of going to be bad news either way. If you're pessimistic, if you're optimistic, you'll find the good news in it. So the Fed could possibly press ahead with rate hike today, but take a dovish hike. Then that would seemingly accomplish what it needs to accomplish. I know you're saying this is a lot of talk about a group of bankers. It feels that way to me too. So risk on, risk off. Daniel San, wax on, wax off. Oh, Mr. Miyagi, why am I painting your whole house again? Uh, not my favorite movie. Not my favorite movie. So strength today in energy materials, consumer discretionary communication services, weakness in real estate, utilities, and information technology. Energy's been a real drag. You know, yesterday I, I talked about oil under 50, but also I talked about gasoline at $2 in eight states across America and a Texas gas station buck 65. Now, I don't know if they're selling chicken wings or something else to make up for the discounted gas, but holy mackerel. Again, not necessarily a good sign to see cheap gasoline. So Facebook in the news for sharing information. Is that something you want to buy or sell? Elon Musk got on to one of the morning shows this morning, the one with Gail King, and uh, showed her the sneak preview of the tunnel from Boring Company. It's about 1.1 miles underneath the ground, or it's 1.1 mile of track right now. So it's not very far, but it's cost 10 million plus to build. Some people say it's cost as much as 40 million. On one end of the tunnel, it starts in a parking lot owned by Musk's SpaceX. So he's doing it kind of in his own little area. And then a mile away, you can zip through a Tesla Model X. Elon took the wraps off the Vision today. It was pretty epic. So if you go watch the video, it's kind of like, uh, uh, I'm not going to say a future of, of transportation, but kind of a future of transportation, right? Musk founded the Boring Company two years ago after complaining that traffic in LA was causing him to basically go nuts. So engineers and workers have been boring the 1.14 mile tunnel along underneath one of the main streets in Hawthorne, California. One of the tunnels starts in a parking lot owned by his SpaceX. The other end of the demonstration tunnel is in a neighborhood about a mile away in Hawthorne. You don't have to deal with traffic in that 1.1 mile stretch. Kind of maybe yes, kind of maybe not quite. Um, but anyway, it, it's out there. So we got that to kind of look forward to, right? Just in time for the busy holiday season, Popeyes has got you covered. They're offering flyers its own brand of comfort and reassurance in the air with its launch of an emotional support chicken. Are you kidding me? So if you go to Terminal C of Philadelphia International Airport, you can purchase the high-flying fowl, a fried chicken meal, and a specially designed chicken-themed carrier box. It's 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 all for a good laugh, right? An emotional support chicken. Please tell me it's for a good laugh. Please tell me I'm not going to fly this holiday season and someone next to me is going to have a, a, a chicken that clucks because emotional support animals... Emotional support animals have been in the news big time in 2018. Um, There's been reports of peacocks, squirrels, pigs. So airlines are now starting to crack down on the barnyard in the bus in the air. And I I say about time. Tighten the leash. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. GE has said they're spinning off their health care unit in an IPO. Stock's moving big. A man who called GE a horrible stock for 10 years now sees positive things going ahead. Those are two signs that the company is fixing their problems. Now, do I want you to have a whole bunch of stocks that are fixing problems? I call that a kennel. Dog with fleas? You don't want to have a whole kennel of dog with fleas. But there's certainly nothing wrong with speculating 
You're going to speculate on a lottery ticket. It's like speculating on a company that hopefully does the right things to turn themselves around, and it's painful to spin off an IPO unit. So that's out there. Um, and I think it's kind of a big story. Elon Musk got on one of the morning shows today, the one with Gail King, and showed off the boring tunnel. And the technology looks super cool. The idea sounds super cool. The problem is it takes a long time to build tunnels under the ground. So it's something that I can't invest in. I know I know they're not really looking for money right now, per se, from people like me. Uh, but it's it comes back down to that horrible, horrible uh, Tom Hanks movie uh, where life is like a box of chocolates. It, it's, and then someone would say, hey, Forrest, Forrest, that's a great story. That's a great story, Forrest, but uh, you tell it so well. And the, you don't want, again, too many story stocks. You don't want a dog with fleas or you'll have a kennel. So okay to have one, uh, but you don't want a kennel. And you also don't want story stocks where, yeah, the story of, of Hyperloop technology looks awesome. Building tunnels, awesome. Solving traffic problems, awesome. Just not there yet. That's what I have to say. I'm sticking with it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, some interesting stuff on retail. 2018 wasn't a bad year for retail stocks, even though you would have thought maybe it had that potential setup, right? Because of Amazon. The focus on the negative is unfortunate as 2018 goes down in the history that companies like Walmart and Target can beat Amazon and compete with Amazon. Both of them vastly improved their mobile shopping experiences and big sales gains on smartphones. We saw good data come out on Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales for retailers. Inventory looks good for retailers right now. It's nicely controlled. Not a lot of markdowns. When you get the emails from your clothing retailer of choice, and let's say it's Banana Republic, and Banana Republic's like, hey, just for you, 50% off. That is a problem. That is not a blessing. That is a curse. Now, you may go, but I like 50% off. I get it. But it, it tells you that something's bad happening. Consumer spending is likely going to slow in 2019. It's going to hurt the retailers. So know that going forward, that maybe part of their competing against Amazon has been a healthy economy. Credit costs will go up because we've seen companies borrow egregiously in the bond market. And as interest rates tick higher, you got to pay more money. I want my money. Give me my money. I love when people freak out over money. Um, so a lot of people are talking about a recession, but no one's really talking about a recession in 2019. They're thinking more like 2020. Will Amazon buy Kohl's this year? Will the second quarter tax check come in creating a spending boom as people didn't change their taxes? Now they're getting a tax cut. Will they go to file their taxes? Or are we going to have that you know extra money coming back to the economy? Amazon's been kind of goofy recently about opening stores. And you're like, that's kind of interesting. How serious did it get in 2019? 2019 will probably be a year where Sears and Kmart die. What was that horrible song? Everybody dies, dies. Everybody's going to die, die. Um, so Sears is finally going to die. It's, it's going to be like that, that Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie where Buffy kills one of the vampires and it's it's a prolonged seven or eight minute death scene. Or will Sears go out with a whimper and just be gone? I think you continue to see JCPenney's store struggle. I think Amazon does something smart like buy into Kohl's. Home improvement stocks should start to turn over if the housing market starts to turn over. With that said, maybe that's your time to buy if you like some companies. Gap is thinking about closing hundreds of stores across the country. So you can talk all retail if you want it to, like all the time. I don't know if that'd be entertaining for you, but you certainly could. Hey, everybody, it's Rob Black in your retail sector update. Hold on to your hats, right? 800-516-1220. FedEx shares down 20, uh, no, 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 10%. Company has cut forecast warning of economic slowdown. They're pretty good tell. UBS is forecasted bricks and mortar stores can still deliver about 1% of sales gains annually, assuming U.S. retail sales overall keep climbing at a rate of about 3%. So the retail apocalypse not happening. 
And Kmart, once again, looks bankrupt. Looks to Eddie Lampert for an encore bid to save it. Again, do we really need to save Kmart and Sears or let them die a slow death? Or do they go out quicker? Overnight, the moving trucks come in and move us everything out. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.